Welcome to Saturday's version of Chewing the Fat. Uh, you know, the uh, American Dream segments that I like to do. Today is an American Dream based on crime, really. Uh, it's fascinating. I had an opportunity to uh, talk to Gary Rappaport and his mom, uh, Sandra Lansky, uh, daughter of uh, Meyer Lansky. And uh, we'll talk to her about her book and uh, daughter of the king and growing up in gangland. Um uh, they are, live in Florida, and uh, so we were just out in the Florida room uh, having a little chat about what it was like to grow up in gangland. American Dream, based on crime, really, kind of, uh, for some. Uh, the book, Daughter of the King, Growing Up in Gangland, uh, written by William Stadium and Sandra Lansky. Sandra, the daughter of the king. Who was the king, you ask? Well, the king was the mob's accountant, uh, Meyer Lansky. Uh, you figure you may have heard of before. He was associates with Lucky Luciano, uh, instrumental in the development of the National Crime Syndicate here in the U.S. And if you remember at all, uh, the Godfather uh, movies, uh, Hyman Roth, the character in The Godfather, based on Meyer Lansky. Joining me today is the daughter of the king, uh, Miss Sandy Lansky Lombardo, and the grandson of the king, Gary Rappaport. Hello, welcome to Chewing the Fat. How are you today? Good, Jeff. How are you doing today? I am so good. Uh, Sandy, how in the world are you? I'm fine. Very good. Listen, I... I Elderly, but fine. <laughs> we're, we're, all, we're all on our way to that. That's okay. Um, so I'm fascinated by, uh, you know, your, the early years, uh, of your life as, uh, you know, the book states, uh, you know, daughter of the King, uh, you were, uh, I mean, the, uh, for lack of a better way, I mean, the, the Paris Hilton, the, uh, you know, the, the, you were the star of the day, uh, as you were growing up. Is that right? Not necessarily. Really? No, no, no. No, we were we were just we were the children, their children, you know. But that meant that you were treated. Uh, looking back on it now, that meant that you were treated uh, perhaps a little bit uh, more special than others. Well, I, I, maybe if she got a little bit older, Jeff, uh, she, she she got out on the town a little bit more. But uh, as she was young, she was kind of the pet. She was there all the time. And he took me every place with him. The theater, I started going to a legitimate theater when I was like six years old, seven years old. And uh, one of the first shows I saw was Carousel. Oh, and Howie wow. didn't leave me in the theater because when Billy Bigelow died, I let out such a scream because I really thought he died. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's fascinating. So when, after you, uh, when, at what point, all right, so you're the little kid, you're going everywhere with dad, of course, and you're the pet and you're the, you're well, the daughter. I was the baby of the family. Yeah. And, uh, and then you started to, uh, you started to get a little older and, uh, you know, I'm reaching that age within my own life with my daughter and, you know, things you start to, uh, uh, not necessarily drift away, but you're becoming your own kind of person and you're kind of opening up to what's going on. Uh, then what happened? 
Oh, I didn't date. I didn't date till I married your father. I wasn't dating. I didn't and date. How about when you went out with a uh, with Dean Martin and Oh, that, that, that was town. later. No, Dean Martin came later. That was after the divorce and everything. So amazingly, yeah. you, you you were you were you got you got married and you got married without were you what did he court you at all? I was sixteen years old when I got married. Were you courted or was it just a done deal? You were gonna this was the person you were gonna get married to. No, they rode horses in Central Park together and they ended up becoming friends and uh, one I, thing. I met I met his father when I was six years old, six seven years. Oh wow, that's great. At the at the stable. <laughs> At the stable in New York, which is now part of, uh, I think it's ABC Television, has one half of uh, the building on 66th Street off of Central Park. Right. Because that that was that ran through uh, the block. They were on 66th and 67th Street. You had a big ring on on 66th Street. A lot of horse manure there. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, and, that that's still true today. Um, absolutely. So so okay so you 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 get married and you things don't go well and uh, then you uh, you had you had you had Gary how many other children did you have with Gary and I been seventeen years apart okay okay while she was married she you know they got they went on the world tour honeymoon and uh of course and uh, of course they got to go to to Italy and oh, that was after you were born that was after I was born wow okay. Yeah. Did you take yeah. Gary with you, or did he stay with the nanny? Uh, no. no, they just left me home all along. <laughs> I didn't even get a stinking T-shirt, Jeff. You know, right? Not nothing. Wow. So, uh, so, so then- that's when we went. We ended up in, in Naples, and Marvin made sure that we got a hold of Charlie, Uncle Charlie. You know, Lucky. Well, yes. When he, we went in the restaurant, I swore to God that the, it, it, I thought my dad was there. They, they were so similar. You know, it was un, un, unbelievable. Really unbelievable. The mannerisms, everything about, about him was like my dad. <laughs> they were more like brothers than my, my dad and his own brother. Amazing. So, um, at, at what, so you, you ended up getting a divorce then, and then that's when you when things started spiraling out of control when you could just uh, do what you wanted and you yeah, weren't. Yeah, with me. Yeah, because my dad was down in Florida and I was in New York. Right. And then when uh, when I was getting a divorce in Florida, he was in Havana, and I wasn't permitted to leave. I couldn't leave the state, so uh, I did my own thing. And that nightlife, yeah. And within that nightlife, that meant uh, that meant uh, alcohol and drugs and partying and just doing no what drugs. you wanted to do, no, right? No drugs. No. no? Drugs. I did. I did take. I did get addicted to diet pills. Oh, that doesn't count. Then you're right. That's not. That's not drugs. No, that kept you up at night. You know, you could stay awake for days. You know? yeah, no doubt. No. She, she had that Jackie O look at back in those days. You know. Um, yeah, great figure, great figure, beautiful hair style, the, the big glasses, um, and she was hitting the town with all that. Nice. And at, at what point did you say or realize? Did someone sit you down and say that enough is enough, or did you realize that yourself? That I found out myself. Yeah. Plus the fact, some of the places she would go to at night, 
uh, were owned by friends of my grandfather. So no, that, then I stayed away from that. <laughs> <laughs> no, and, and let me tell you something, El Morocco. Uh, well, I became friendly with Danny Stradella, the high uh, Danny Sideaway, and there were always big groups that would end up at the Copa for the midnight show. Right. And everybody was Danny's his guest. All right. So uh, I would end up there. No, the thing is that Frank Costello was a partner in, in the Copa. So everything went back to my dad. I had to stop going to the Copa because the reports went back. <laughs> right. So I ended up, uh, I went to the uh, different places, El Morocco. Stork yeah, Club. A lot, of, a, lot, a, lot of, a lot of the places. But I never paid a check. The checks were always picked up. Of course, that would be how. That's insulting to think that you'd have to pay. No, I ended up the guests of the owners and everything. Right. (laughs) And so. Now that uh, you've had, you know, many years of looking back and, you know, it's sad that your, you know, your father has passed away now since, you know, early 80s and uh, you've had time to reflect on uh, having such a, a really great life, but a lot of it appeared to be based on, uh, you know, ill-gotten gains. Uh, I don't know that that was ever proven. I mean, not from your dad. He never got into any uh any big trouble about that or never was found guilty with any of that. But, uh, victimless crimes, Jeff. Victimless crimes. Right. Yes. Yes. That's, that's exactly what it was. Do you, do you, uh, miss anything? Do you wish for more? Or are you happy with where you're at? I miss my husband. Yeah. When the, uh, when we, they came up here, we were going to do kind of the, the book release tour from up here. And, uh, we had her lined up on all the, all the usual talk radio shows and some of the talk TV shows, a couple of book signings, and they came up. They were going to start on that Monday, and Sunday my stepdad passed away. Oh, boy. And this this is kind of something they had both been working on together for a long time to get the book done. Um, no, we, had, we actually had a different book. Originally, there's another book that is much... I like a lot better myself, but, um, and, and I'm saving that one. I'm going to, I'm going to do that one. It's going to be called a generation too late because oh, I was wow. born a generation too late. To yeah. Part of all that. Um, <laughs> but, but anyway, my stepdad was a great storyteller and we were kind of worried because he was the motivating factor when my mom goes up right. after a glass of wine, she's pretty talkative, but we had to decide at that point, was she going to be willing to go out and still do this? I mean, we had a lot of forward work done. Uh, we were begged, borrowed, and stole a lot of favors. And um, so I asked her, I said, this was something that Daddy always wanted for you. Are you or do you want to do it? And she said, okay, let's, do, let's try it. So I went out and I tried to be the front man, which I'm nowhere near the storyteller he is. And she did a great job. I mean, you know, she, she sucked it up. She was tr- truly the king's daughter because she realized something had to be done, and we went out and we did it. Excellent, excellent. And so, I, well, go ahead, Gary. I'm sorry. And that, and that was that was kind of the kickoff for it all. We we kind of got things going, and she's done a lot of shows like this, and um, done some great TV shows. Um, well, America is America is fascinated with uh, that lifestyle. 
uh, and the lifestyle that uh, that that you grew up with, Sandy. I uh, mean, we've we've been fascinated with that well, um, for years. With the Paulo Gambino thing. Yeah, that, that's kind of an interesting story about how uh, he had to propose to my mom. So <laughs> no, he proposed to your grandfather. <laughs> <laughs> And he had to, he had to, uh, to give up that lifestyle, more or less. Like, there was no income, wow. really, anyway. Well, it's back, back then, that wasn't one of those type of positions you could just give your, your two weeks' notice. Right. Yeah, no so, kidding. I don't think it is today, to get, either. Grandpa had to get a little involved in that. And, um, but he, meanwhile, his uncle was better. <laughs> Nick knew, knew, knew his uncle, Nick Pelleggi. You know, knew the uncle. At any rate, we were here. I was with my dad. I was with the higher echelon, and then when I went with Vinny's family, I was in the lower echelon. And I don't know, you know. No, and I would, I would kick every, I would kick them under the table. Don't talk, you know. Right. Because you never knew where you were, you know. Yeah. Yes, I, I know. He is everywhere, you know. So at any rate, uh, no. So uh, we did. We did. He, he tried staying away. You know, you can't. How are you going to stay away from your relatives? Yeah, you can't. Right. You ha- you have to unless you just completely disassociate as a, as yourself. A character. Uncle Buster was a total total character, and a very messy cook. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So. All those good stories will be in the second book, Jeff. <laughs> it's possible we have a, a movie deal coming. Oh, nice. I like that. That would be great. Yeah. That would yeah. be great. Now, listen, wait, let, let me, I'll give you a couple of names, and you tell me what the, you know, the first thing that pops into your head. Uh, Dean Martin? Yes. First thing that comes okay. to your mind? Martin? No, Dean and I, Dean and I were uh, very close. Very super close, all right. But that was that was in New York, and it was also down here in Florida. Okay. Uh, and uh, I I was very friendly with um, oh Charlie Rexon, you know from Revlon. Yes. What about uh, Frank Sinatra? No. No. No Frank. In, in the book, there's a story about the ice. Yeah, the, I got. I ended up with the, you know, the ice bucket with the ice all over me. But he's got it in the wrong place. It originally, it, it, the true story is it happened in Florida at the Colonial Inn, and not at the Riviera in New Jersey. <laughs> now that's that's where it really happened. Her, 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 co-writer, her co-writer was a little off base on some of the stuff. Oh no, he's he's got something in here, you know, with. Uh, you know New York City? I do. Okay. You know where Saxon Avenue is? I do. Fifth Avenue. You tell me how a woman in high heels is going to walk from there to West End Avenue and 82nd Street. It's impossible. It's impossible. It's not going to happen. No, no. When I mentioned it, because they refused to change a lot of this stuff in this book, you know? One picture they changed. Uh, <laughs> at any rate, uh, when I mentioned it to Bill Stadium, he says, oh, what's the big deal? I used to walk from Columbia University to Wall Street. 
I said, that's you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's you. That's not. Any any New Yorker knows that's an impossibility. Yeah, there's no sense in doing it. You're not doing it. No, no, that's that, and that's just one thing in there. You know, I could go through a whole. I never read the whole book. I got so aggravated with some <laughs> of this stuff that I never, I never read it. They had been so excited to get a book deal, and uh, Nick Pileggi, who wrote um, Goodfellas and Casino and a couple of the other great movies, um, and who is still out writing some really good stuff. Yeah, he and his wife, Nora Ephron. Um, they, they kind of liked my mom a lot, so they kind of pushed for the deal a little bit. Excellent. Um, I mean, that's nice. The, the publisher put put a quick deal together, um, found this Bill Stadium guy to kind of help co-write it to move things along. And that was really about the end of where the support was in the particular book. And that's right. kind of why. So you got it it took really, a couple of liberties here and there, and then, then it gets, you get lost a little bit in the weeds. It's yeah, okay. Yeah. I mean, the main oh, pieces yeah. are there. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's- as long as he's not involved with the movie. Like <laughs> when I told Nick, I said, because Nick is involved. So uh, he's a dear, dear friend. He's very, very, he's very close, you know. As a matter of fact, Gary eats his fruit every month. <laughs> <laughs> Through the month club, you yeah. <laughs> know. So, all right, so let's move to today for a little bit. Let's talk a little bit about uh, today, and maybe that's, uh, you know, it can be more Gary, if not, say, but you can you can chime in, Sandy, anytime. Uh, what's uh, what's happening in Cuba? Uh, we still have the Riviera Hotel there that uh, obviously relations are starting to or have were at one time seeming to loosen up a little bit between Cuba and the United States. And there was word that you were trying to uh, at least gain a little bit of control of that hotel back since that was your father's hotel or you and your grandfather's, your husband and your grandfather's hotel. Um, where, where are we at with that? Well, we kind of got excited about it when it first started. Uh, the push came around. And, of course, every uh, every newspaper and a lot of the radio talk shows all called about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, it, it, who would be? <laughs> Who would who wouldn't want it? And it's still a beautiful hotel. My grandfather was <laughs> ended up being pretty good at producing. Um, that the, hotel was built in six months, by the way. It took a year for them to level the ground. Um, he 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 always paid people right. He always respected people. He was a nice guy, and a lot of the that's coming from a lot of the the working class of Cuba. Um, well. Yeah, when the revolution came, my grandfather was the kind of guy to figure that. You know, we lost that one. Yep, we're out. We want the next project and not not cry over spilled milk. Um, he was very very good at watching the politics. He was really a, a great reader of current events and really followed things. So he probably figured that there wasn't going to be much of a chance to ever retrieve that, that property. Right. Well, our, our government and its infinite wisdom back in the 60s, if you hadn't filed for property that was lost due to the revolution, you really didn't have any support from, from America, from the, the, the government. Interesting. So this, all, everything gets all stirred up again, and uh, I try to contact Kathy Castor, who's you know our representative yeah. over here, I know, Kathy. and I get I get the political wash, you know, run around, and basically they finally come back and say, well, you know, if you didn't file in the sixties, and I explained to them, I said, in the sixties, my grandfather didn't think there was a chance of ever getting it back. So then we go in through, you know, Obama making friends with Castro, and uh, right, 
going down there. Right. And, oh, we, get a little more, we get a little more excited. You know, you get a couple of phone calls. From these, yeah, we get we get some phone calls from some people that uh you know you know they're fly by night attorneys that just want you to give them money to go down there and fight for it. You know, right. nobody wants to roll the dice with you. Of course. Um, during that time, I was working at a local bank, and I get a phone call from a professor at USF who studies waterfronts and marina um, uh, tidal charts, so that way he can see. If you could do a build marinas there, people could uh, participate in it. And we found he okay. found out from looking in the Cuban records that the Marina del Hemingway is also in my grandfather's name with Frank Sinatra. Oh, nice! So, yeah, so there's, a, mean, we, there's a little bit more hope there. Yeah, a little more property going. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, Obama thing was kind of a kind of a a lost leader. But during uh, this whole time, you know, I, I talked to my mom and my uncle Paul, who's still alive, by the way. Um, and we are we are the estate. We're the representatives of what's left of the estate. Okay. And, and you know, do we really want to take on a project that's going to be multi million dollars to a to renovate it to bring it up to style and to really bring it back to what that lifestyle was back then? And that's and and, and, and besides that. Well, I, Besides that lobby. question, I mean, are you going to ever get it done? Well, you got to so, see the lobby. You can go online and look at it. Okay. I will. Anyhow, um, we kind of figured out that it would probably be a better move for us to find somebody, somebody big in the hotel business, you know, like Donald Trump, <laughs> <laughs> and get a little serious handshake money to, to try to keep the. Uh, the image alive, the yeah. name alive, and the hotel is still a beautiful hotel. Um, Cuba, of course, they leased it out to somebody else to run it. Of course. And anybody that Cuba does business with, I mean, they don't really get a whole lot of the money. They get really? The they get to work it, they get a little bit of the profit, and the rest stays with the state. That's a surprise. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I... We kind of backed off on it all. I mean, and besides, I got a really big mouth, Jeff. I, you know, you might remember me from AM Tampa Bay. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I say a lot of things that I probably, if I was my grandfather, I wouldn't, wouldn't say. You know? Yeah, your mom's kicking you under the table, telling you to stop talking. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> um, anyway, we, we kind of slowed down on the whole chase of it. And then uh, recently, when, um, Donald Trump kind of opened up the whole package again, and and he wants to open it up where people can file again and try to take them to the world court or try to prosecute it here in the, in the United States. So I have a, a friend that for the last 40 years that's an attorney, and we talked about it a few times, and he researched it with some uh, some worldly attorneys that, you know, right. cases in the world courts. And um they they kind of look at it the same way I do, you know. Until things really get going, there's nothing that you you could really do one way or the other. How do you prove it all? You know, that wasn't a time where you know people hand, shook hands back then and did million dollar deals. Right. Uh, nowadays, you spend more time with attorneys than you do with the guys you're doing the deals with. Right, and and, so, and, and, and on top of which, now let's say you get the you know, I mean, you're you haven't even got the deal done yet uh to start thinking about what's going to happen after that 
Uh, I mean, the, the process of getting it is years down the line as well. That's why I was so surprised that, uh, you know, it would be even close to being possible. Yeah, I mean, if, if, I, I couldn't even estimate how much money it would cost you to actually send some attorneys down there and subpoena oh, the records of Cuba so that way you right. can see what you're truly due with. Um, and on top of which, you know, you look, you, uh, Sandy mentioned how the beautiful lobby. Okay, well, it was beautiful. I mean, it was gorgeous back in, you know, the 50s or early 60s. But, I mean. There, Someone that's in the building business here went there. And he couldn't believe how old the hotel is. Right. That, he says it's in such great shape. You know? Well, okay. I mean, I, the, the people say that about Cuba all the time that it's in such great shape, but they're driving fifty-five Chevys. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't know that I buy it. But I believe you know. You, I believe you know. Sure, the, the hotel is still sturdy and structurally sound because people are still using it. But it would, you're talking about some serious money to re. Yeah, but if you look at the hotel rooms, so the hotel rooms are the fifties. Let me tell you, that's they have the furnishings of the same. Right. And, and that's attractive to some people. I mean, me yeah, sure. I, I would think you'd have to go in and, and bump up the Wi-Fi and yeah, and yeah. bring it up to today's standards, yeah, but still capture that that essence of the fifties. I mean, that's when uh, Cuba was in its heyday. Yeah, that's true. Uh, always going to be a beautiful island. Always going to have the best people in the world, as far as I'm concerned, um, except for their government. <laughs> and uh, it's. I mean, I've had so many friends from here in Tampa before that when I lived in Miami and I worked at some of my dad, my grandfather's hotels, they would oh. run something in the newspaper about my grandfather and you could go sit in the back and nobody knew who I was. I was just some dumb kid parking cars out front. Um, the plan. You'd, you'd listen to the guys that worked with him in Cuba, these waiters and, and cooks and people, and they just they, they reveled him with appreciation that he was such a great guy. And I, I, that's what always excited me. So when I moved up here and I became friends with a lot of a lot of Cuban folk, because it's pretty easy to find Cuban. Yeah, it sure is. <laughs> it know? sure is. It's funny how that happens in Tampa. Yeah, and some great Cuban food, by the way. But, uh, <laughs> Um, they still have that same type of opinion of him because he really worked hard to, to make everything first class there in Cuba. And that's look that's that's what uh, that's what made it so special with uh, the growth of the other uh, industries that he was helping grow. Uh, the uh-huh. <laughs> the industries that uh, maybe weren't all on the up and up, but uh, daughter of the king, growing up in gangland. Uh, well, let, me, let me tell you, uh, he and uh, Dad and. Uh, Charlie ended up, Charlie got a contract from the Waldorf Astoria for the glassware, all right? Right. The two of them ended up with a, a factory up in Corning, New York, and they made all the glasses. For the yeah. So, and and uh, was, was Joe Kennedy the one that shipped it down there? No, no, I'm talking about the Waldorf Astoria <laughs> in New York. Because Charlie was Charlie was living living there, you know. They 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 shot off to a lot of different uh, industries. They did a, a lot of things, and uh, you know? and he remembered his friend Joe Kennedy when it came to election time for John Kennedy. So. I'm sure he did. I'm sure yeah. he did. No, I showed up at the wall uh, too early. I was meeting him for lunch, and then and Kennedy was there. So, uh, for father asking for the votes, you know. <laughs> 
Gary Rappaport and uh, Miss Sandy Lansky Lombardo. Yes, do you want to say something else? No, Joe Kennedy, Kennedy was, uh, that was Frank Costello's uh, partner. But that's for the next book, Jeff. Yes, so. I'm looking forward to the next book as well. Um, thank you very much for coming on and talking today. I appreciate it. It was a great time. I appreciate your time. Fascinating. Thanks for listening. Uh, don't forget to uh, subscribe, rate, and review to uh, Chewing the Fat, any edition. The American Dream segment, the daily Chewing the Fat segments, the talking series, talking Walking Dead, talking Thrones, talking whatever we're talking. Uh, subscribe, rate, and review. I need your subscriptions. And then, of course, you can rate and review. You know, once you subscribe. Thanks a lot. See you.